You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, I'm wicked excited to talk to Max Zeke about aligning your values to your career framework. Max is a vice president of Dell Technology Software Procurement Organization, where he and his team are responsible for software sourcing strategies, contract and cost management, and overall supplier relationship management. Max is an industry leader with proven track record in sales, marketing, advanced analytics, and procurement. In his spare time, he dedicates time to coaching and developing children with a passion of his. And prior to Dell Technologies, Max was a professional soccer player, and we are absolutely going to talk about that on the podcast. Max, really excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here and uh, equally excited. So looking forward to the, the next several uh, minutes of discussion. Absolutely. I guess let's let's dive right in. Help me, help me and the viewers understand, I guess from a very high level, we can start there. What do you actually mean by a career framework? Like, let's start at the highest level possible. What's a career framework? Sure. You know, being in the uh, industry for 19 years, I'm sure, depending on where anybody's at in their career, sometimes you can just feel lost, as I did. You can have things um, happen to you uh, based off a corporate change, and maybe you feel like you're going backwards in a career, or you feel like you're not in control. And there's a lot of emotion in that sentiment. And emotion is not necessarily a bad thing. But all of those things have happened over my career. And uh, one of those, which we'll talk about today, was really a profound um, smack in the face that made me sit down and create the framework we're going to go over so that, frankly, I felt like I was far more in control than not in control of my own career destiny. I know that can sound funny because it is our career, but I didn't have something down that worked for me. Hopefully this works for others, but the important thing we're going to talk about today is if you don't have a value equation, if you don't have things down on paper on what you're trying to achieve, the reality is most of us won't achieve those things. And so that's how it all came to be of just wanting to get back in control of my own destiny and then work day in and day out towards what my objectives are, which is why I created this career framework. So we are we are literally talking about a tangible plan then something that we're we're going to create to ensure that we end up down the road where we actually set out to be. Is that right? You're spot on, Mark. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's an accountability tool set. And the only person that you're accountable to is the person in the mirror every morning. 
But if you don't have something on paper, at least for me, uh, there's too many passwords in my mind today. There's too many to do's with the kids and everything else. Uh, I need something on paper that I can hold myself and others around me accountable to achieving success in a, frankly, an accelerated way. Uh, because without that, no different than trying to achieve a certain weight or if you're trying to save for a house or a specific uh, want, without having an Excel spreadsheet or a budget or those things, 99.9% of the time, you're never going to achieve those things. And I think it's very similar in a career. But what I find sometimes is you can just get into the work and the to-do and you can blink and a year's gone by, five years has gone by, and you haven't put your own selfish discipline time into your own career objectives um, because you get lost in the, the to-dos. And I'll tell you, in a digitally transforming and accelerating world that we live in right now with, with COVID, it's only going to get faster paced. The speed's not going to slow down. And there's a lot of positivity to that. But without a framework, uh, I really felt for myself I would have been lost over the last decade um, if I didn't have this type of structure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, you're talking about you know small attainable goals, but also a long-reaching goals as well, right? Like I, I need to I need to paint the vision of, of where I'm going, uh, and then set up um, what I care about to be able to reach that. So. It, I, I wouldn't be uh, able to function if if not for small attainable goals. So I 100% see where you're coming from. But like, what are the pieces of it then? Like, where where do we start? Perfect. So I call this how I came up with the method to the madness because sometimes it definitely feels like madness, <laughs> right? And it kind of breaks down in three key areas. One is the value. What do you value in your life right now? And I say right now. The framework I use and we take out as a family once a year, or if an opportunity comes knocking in the professional career, or if something overnight changed in our personal lives and whether that's uh, births, deaths, unexpected um, family members now having to live with you, uh, the value is an equation that's measured and is fluid because as we know, life and career have a lot of different chapters. And so the value proposition uh, can change, rightfully so. The second piece of that is the plan. Do you have a plan for your career success on paper? That doesn't mean it doesn't change. Actually, it changes quite a bit. But if you don't have a plan on paper, I know we live in a digital world, but I truly mean on paper, um, then more times than not, you're leaving too much to chance of you not achieving your own career success. And I believe your career is 51% in your hands, 49% in your genuine networking and your surroundings and the environments and everything else, which means you're the primary owner at 51%. And then the final piece of that, which I mentioned, genuine networking, not networking, Genuine networking, and we're going to talk about the specific word used in genuine. I don't like the phrase, your network equals your net worth. I don't like the monetization aspect of it, but I do believe your genuine network equals your net worth of opportunities 
that get presented to you over the longevity of your career. And so when you break down those three key areas, your value equation, your plan, and genuine networking, I've seen those three key ingredients be uh, uh, a successful uh, structure to achieve uh, goals that you're set out for uh, in your career. That's excellent. I, I really want to dive into them because even even what you were talking there right at the end around the, the networking piece, I can absolutely see that where it is it is such a overused saying, right? Uh, your network equals your net worth. But but really what you're talking about is you have to be in a position. I, I agree with you. It's the opportunities, right? You have to be within a position to be able to take advantage of particular opportunities that appear. And if you're not structured and if you don't have your value equation down pat, you don't have your career plan written out, then you might not be in a position to be able to take advantage of that. Is that right? I think that's spot on. I think the other piece, Mark, and I'm sure many of us have had these conversations or been on the receiving end of networking one-on-ones or our, our own employees or, or colleagues in, in our companies asking, hey, can I get some career advice and can you help me network? And then you ask that person the very first question, what are you trying to achieve? And more times than not, a lot of people can't answer it. And so what you do is you got a lot of people that want to help. They want to put their own skill set, experience, backgrounds, and network to work for you, but they really can't because they don't know how to help you because you haven't given them your relative career map and trajectory. But what I have found is once you do, the power of your genuine network becomes like tenfold because people tend to want to go do work if you give them very specific actions and deadlines and and make it clear for them how their efforts can truly help. So I think that's that's the reason when you go genuine networking with the career map, now it's not just your own effort. You've activated your powerful network to maximize, it goes back to a breakdown of time we'll talk about later, but time invested means everything, not just for yourself. If you're going to ask somebody to do something and you tell them very clearly how they can help you, you're going to yield far greater results. I love it. I love it. So, I mean, you're getting me excited here, but I, I think, uh, I, yeah, let's peel it back for, for the audience for a sec because this is this is applicable to everybody. This isn't just applicable to to this audience we're talking to today, but really anyone can benefit from this. Everyone's uh, you know has some career of one sort or another, and um, and really I, I want everyone to walk away from this. And I know prior was talking with you, Max. You want you want the same. Uh, you want the audience to really walk away with something very actionable, very tangible that they can uh, complete that's really going to benefit their career and benefit their life. Um, So you mentioned these three pieces to the framework, value, plan, and genuine networking. So, and you mentioned a a few times already this value equation. What are you talking about? What is a value equation? Perfect. So look, about six years ago, um, I'm on the road, sales, traveling, only Austin and Houston, but it doesn't matter. You're on the road, driving, nights in hotels. And my mom, who lives in Connecticut, 
uh, was always up. So I talked to her on the road, ride out about four thirty-five in the morning, central time. And I talked her on the way back cause she was up and in a three month period, she was perfect bill of health, then got diagnosed with stage four cancer and became our angel in month four. And that took a huge blow to everything from mind to heart to soul. And that woke me up after a good amount of time to say, wow, the only thing that's guaranteed really for any of us is today. And so based off that, I really had to get a health check of, am I living my best life today? Any balancing statement, I have bills, we have responsibilities, I have a family to take care of, I have to work, I didn't win Powerball yet. And so I got to work of just starting to jot things down until something made sense. And that's what I do, I'm kind of a problem solver. I like the analogy of being in a, in a biology lab where I'm mixing potions until I get it right. And so for me, the value equation derived out of that life experience to say, is Max living to his values based off how I'm spending my time on any given day. And so the first thing that I jotted down, which is the nucleus, you have to have a primary. For me, it's family and health. I see a lot of my colleagues in different industries, they sacrifice health for career progression, but then they ultimately digress because of their health. And so family and health, being a good father, husband, and staying healthy for my family, that's the nucleus. And so in the value equation, being the primary um, driver, if a role comes into consideration that doesn't get past my primary of being able to be a great husband, be a great father, which means I, for me, to each its own, but I like to be present then most likely I won't take roles that would have me traveling 50 to 70% around the globe. And I'll tell you, I've turned those roles down over the last few years. My, my kids are eight and six right now. And so the nucleus is an important gateway to the next four prongs of my value equation. You don't have to have four prongs. You can have three prongs. You can have two prongs. Hell, you can have just a nucleus. If I did this when I was early in career out of post-college, I probably maybe had a dollar sign and travel because those are the two things I cared about being a 21, 22-year-old. There's nothing wrong with that. And as you scale or as you grow, those value equation, as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, may change. I will say this as you build out your own framework. You never want to have one of these prongs or spokes out of your hub be less than a 10% weighting. Because then it doesn't really matter truly if you're living it or not. It's, it's, it doesn't have a, a fundamental impact. And so the four prongs I created off of the family and, and being healthy nucleus is results and impact. Do whatever I'm doing, do I believe I can make an impact? And that may be a career choice. That may be a life choice. If I'm going to go spend the time, if I'm going to take on that role, do I fundamentally believe I can make an impact? There are certain roles I know I will not take because I just cannot get my head wrapped around the type of work that's required Monday through Friday. 
And then personal financial targets. I do have long-term wealth planning, like I'm sure many of us do. The culture in the organization, that really matters to me of diversity and equality. I believe that is key to transformational accelerated growth and success. And not all companies, not all cultures, and not all subcultures are created equal in that statement. And I will not work in companies or subcultures that don't live uh, those strong uh, diversity and equality uh, metrics. And then finally, the cross-functional set of skills and knowledge. I always believe we need to be learning. We need to be agile. We need to be flexible. Heck, roles five, 10 years from now, they haven't even been created yet. And so that's served me in the value equation. The weightings have changed over the years, Mark, right? If I think back 10 years ago, cross-functional set of skills, which has a 10% weighting on my, my value equation right now, decision-making, used to be at the 40% um, because I was only a salesperson at that point. That also drove me to go take on some of these cross-functional areas of running a company. And we'll talk about how the value equation that I just ran through is the absolute feeder to the career planning framework. But I'll pause there with the nucleus and the prongs of how I've created the value equation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Max, thank you for sharing that personal story with us. I think that, uh, you know, God bless you and your family. It's a, it's a very personal story to be telling. Um, and it's impactful too. I, I think it really, those kinds of experiences in life are incredibly eye-opening. And uh, I think one of the things that you mentioned w with respect to the value equation and the correlation there is that this is something that's changing. This is something that is evolving as as you evolve. And uh, that that's really interesting. You know, I, I think of these things almost, or I would have thought of these things prior to this conversation as maybe absolutes, right? These are uh, core moral beliefs, or these are core values to me, and there will always be core values to me. But but your example there of of, uh, of a 21 year old Max is is absolutely true. Like no, of course not, right? A 21 year old Mark is very different uh, than than who I am today, right? So I, I think that's a big big takeaway there. You've got a, a beautiful graph that we're looking at, um, and and I think you know if if the viewers ask you for this, Max, can we be open to sharing that or? or Absolutely. This is this is meant to be uh, shared. And it, believe me, I've, I've shared it quite a bit over the last decade. And by the way, we all uh, consume information differently. So the, the point of the, the framework is create something that works for your mind, works for you, um, doesn't have to be specific to the, the exact template, obviously, but absolutely, please feel free to share it. I love it. I mean, you've got it broken down into the nucleus, which again is, you know, to sum up for the audience is your family and your fitness. You break it down then across into to four prongs, uh, you know, 40% breakdown of results and impact, 25% breakdown of personal financial targeting, 25% culture and organization, and then 10% in that cross-functional skills and knowledge uh, development piece there. Uh, it's great. I love it. It's very relatable. Um, I'm really curious to understand how this value equation, though, plays into the career piece. Like you're, This is the beginning of the framework, right? We're talking about value. That's the first thing. We got it. We have to identify 
what in our life is important to us. And then, then what next, next piece is the planning piece in your, in your framework. Can you speak a little bit toward that? Yeah. And I'll tell you at least what I've experienced and it could be different for every single person, depending if you work in a small, medium or global 50 company worldwide, eventually you can feel the pressure of the company wanting you to pursue certain role and responsibilities. And um, that's not necessarily a, a, a good or bad thing, but what I needed to ensure that I wasn't succumbing to so-called peer pressure, right? And I couldn't really identify that answer unless I created the value equation because not all roles are created equal. And the other thing I had to mature through within this framework is not to chase the mighty dollar or the mighty title. I think that can be um, a huge career mirage sometimes that people are too attracted to versus doing passionate, satisfactory work that feeds your value equation. I believe that's a a very important difference that eventually the money and the title follow because your work output, your quality is and tends to always be higher. If you're living your value equation, if you're following passionate work, uh, by the way, there's nothing more time spent than our jobs if you incorporate sleep. So we should be doing things that ultimately it's going to sound hoaxy right now. They get our happiness or energy levels up. I'm a big energy guy. There's certain types and functions of roles that lift our energies up and certain aspects of a role that bring it down. And I think it's important that we all learn that about ourselves in the various roles that we take. 21, 22, I was still learning. I was uh, pretty much a, a glazed over soccer professional player living his entire uh, 20 years out on a soccer field. And then I get thrown into a place called Dell back in late 2001 with 1980s cubicles selling stuff I could care less about, i.e. <laughs> computers, hard drives and everything. And I really had a tough time being very transparent in the first two years of, of, of working there because I couldn't get my wrap, my head wrapped around the massive transition of what I thought was going to be a professional soccer career into sports broadcasting into a 1980s cubicle selling desktops, notebooks, and servers. But what I found very quickly, I say quickly, two years um, is quick, in, in my humble opinion, in, in a career uh, trajectory, is very smart people, uh, a company that has endless potential and opportunities, regardless of what type of role you would ever want. We have all of them. And a meritocracy in a high competitive environment that fit a sports guy very well. And so I fell in love with the company after the first two years. And I had guidance of friends slash mentors that I met early on that showed me um, a potential career plan, but it was only living in my head at that point. And so I think by not succumbing to peer pressure or the pressure of a company and living our core value equation, the role types, we're going to be able to bring our very best and our very true self more times than not. And I think that can be hard sometimes if you don't have something, again, down on paper from an value equation that feeds your career plan. And 
to answer your, your question directly, you know, the career planning framework was created to make sure I stay true to myself of what I'm trying to achieve within a certain period of time. And the period of time is just putting a stake in the ground. We tend to hit goals if we put stakes in the ground. And then anytime a more emotional thing can happen to us in a career, like a consolidation, like 400 people, uh, 400 million people right now worldwide are losing, losing their jobs. It's a very challenging market. It's very emotionally driven. It brings you back to a framework that hopefully removes some of the emotion and gets you back on track of focusing your time into areas that will ultimately lead to your overall career success. Got it. So it's the career planning, if you will, is how do I, how do I, you can put this more elegantly than I can. You've given way more thought than I have on it, Max, but it's, it's essentially the, the tactical progression of how you're getting from point A to point, point D, really, on your career. But along the way, every single step of the way, that needs to align to your value equation. It, it should absolutely, like if I'm making a career move from where I am now to the next job, you're talking about turning down opportunities and, and you know, big titles and extra pay and things of that nature. Those are all well and good, but those might not 100% align to my value equation. So an opportunity that might not have quite as good a pay or quite as lofty of a title, but aligns tighter to my value equation is most likely going to be the best job for me, right? It's the best career option for me. Yeah, I I think you're, you're framing it up perfectly, Mark, because look, and I'm a person that if you're into Enneagrams or type A personalities, being an Enneagram eight, we think we can do everything for everybody all the time at the highest level. <laughs> the reality is <laughs> we're not machines. We need to sleep. Um, and so without having that framework, I could have taken that role last year. That would have been more money in the title, right? And career-wise, I can feel good. My ego's up there. I'm kind of a, a big, big name, big role. And I would bet with the amount of travel, it would have either potentially led to a divorce. And again, that's not the only reason divorces happen. Um, but if I chose at that time, the kids aren't going to know me as well as a, as a great father. Hopefully, the, if they were on this, they would validate that. Right. And I wouldn't be living what's truly core to me, which is being a great father. And so inevitably your happiness level, happiness level is coming down. There, there's, there's no secret science. It's coming down. And I chose specifically to professionally, respectively turn that down. Now it was also easy to turn it down without burning any so-called corporate bridges because I've been utilizing this same framework for a decade. And so all of my genuine networking executive sponsors have seen this, understand what I'm trying to achieve within a relative period of time. And so I didn't burn any bridges by saying no to people, which we, we all can probably experience that at some point in our career. We think we're turning the individual down, have nothing to do with the individual. That actual leader is someone I do want to work for over my 
career trajectory here. It just was the wrong timing based off going back to the nucleus of my value equation. It's not the right timing for that role. And so I could have easily fell victim to the peer pressure of very senior people at the company telling me they want me to go do it, the title, the money. It would have been the wrong decision. And what, what this framework does is it allows me quickly to get out of my own mind and look at a visual representation and stay true to an extent of what I'm trying to achieve. And the career planning has different stages that we can talk about here in a minute, but that's, that's why it is so powerful depending on what you're trying to achieve in your life against your value equation. It's got to be so hard to, it is so hard, right? I mean, I, you know, when, when the call to action is there and, and uh, you know, especially when you're well-respected within an organization and, and well thought of and, uh, you know, you're being asked to, to do something uh, that's viewed as having greater uh, impact or greater responsibilities um, to to look at that objectively, right? And to not let uh, to not let the personal emotions get involved in something that really has profound impact on not just what job you're taking, but but your career. To your point, I mean, this is every experience um, in the career plan. Maybe this is a good segue. Every experience that you've taken in your career, in particular, Max has has kind of shaped where you've ended up to some degree. And and in your case, it's it's probably more of a uh, self fulfilling prophecy in that case, right? You're you're understanding what you need to do to get to the next level because you've mapped that out. Uh, in most cases, I can see where uh, we're just stumbling along, right, and trying to trying to pick up skills along the way and, and kind of end up at a spot that uh, is is a product of uh, our our history, right, our experience that we've we've come to see. So uh, it's interesting, man. I, I can definitely see where the planning piece of it and writing it down on paper uh, and sharing it with peers and sharing it with mentors will uh, make that way more of a real thing and a concrete uh, guidelines for your life and for your career. I, I think you're spot on. I mean, if, if you look at any field, those that make it to those 1% levels, whether you call it professional sports, whether you call it the best violinist in the world. Yes, some people are born with God-given talents, but most, the biggest separation is the discipline and the process that they go execute Monday through Sunday. And they do it by having a focused plan and objectives they're trying to achieve and then attacking that daily to the best of their ability to achieve those. There's, there's, this has been forever. And, and I think at times we don't do enough for ourselves in that way with our career. I, I was absolutely one of those people. And when the corporation was going through one of our, our global economic um, downturns over the last two decades, I've been in this industry. We went through two years of a number of different sales president changes and the exhaustion of ramping new folks in. I was the one constant inside sales director at the time. And the last move merged two organizations. And I was being told at that time, 
hey, I don't need two inside sales directors. I'm bringing my other one with me. He's been with me for 10 years. And I'm thinking, what just happened? I, I have great relationships. I've been scaling and being promoted multiple times. How could this be happening to me? So I got emotional about it. And I got to my network very quickly. And lo and behold, damn near everybody went through something similar in their career. And they were older. But the point there is no one has a straight upward angling career. And so that was another forcing mechanism to create this framework that says, sometimes you're going to go sideways before you go forward again. But if you know why you're going sideways and you make those conscious choices, the control is a great feeling. The control shifts it from a negative to a positive and nothing is forever. And so the framework that feeds the career planning, sometimes you have to take a role that maybe doesn't feed your entire value equation, but it's a necessity to go take so that you can overcome an experience or skill gap that enables you the be- to be the best viable candidate for that role you truly want two steps from now. Or it's a vital role that you need to take if you're trying to achieve a certain role 10 years from now. And so what I found with the value equation and then mapping out the career journey, if I use my own example, I have 19 years of different roles, sets of skills and experiences. Well, I put the stake in the ground, uh, 41. I was 40 last year when I did this uh, additional uh, update. By 2028, I want certain role types. Now, they're titles, so we can associate what they look like, CEO, COO, CRO. I don't care about titles and the monetary aspect to those to an extent. I care what I, my, my driving force is I love people. I love building elite teams that achieve great success together. The team win, hence the sport of soccer bode well for me. You don't win if you have one superstar. And so those roles that are, tend to be over large groups of people, very smart people that you learn from, grow from, win, lose from, that feeds my happiness level Monday through Sunday in a career perspective. So knowing I want those roles 10 years from now, inside or outside the company, I never know what the future can hold. Then 20 years have given me a set of skills and experiences. Those men and women that have those type of roles at the C-suite level whether that's internal to my company or external, they tend to have a set of experience and skills. And so all I've done in the career planning that matches my value equation is a gap analysis. And then based off the gap of skill or experience, can I get that in my current role by taking on another strategic project? Or is the gap in in skill so large, I got to go take on a role that actually owns that functional area to gain that skill. And that's how I've mapped out roles for the next decade. Again, within a relative time-bound window, one door could open up today for procurement. The next day, I'm going to need something maybe that has an international lens on it. But you never know when those doors are going to open. But if you make it known to your genuine network of influencer sponsors and mentors, and you use that as a uh, regular um, 365 day touch point, you tend to get thought of more times than forgotten when those roles open up. 
And so that genuine networking with the framework that feeds from a value equation foundation has yielded great results in, in accelerating the, the successes and objectives I'm trying to achieve. I love it. Yeah. One of the things that really resonated from what you were saying, you were talking about, you know, the, the way future, you know, the steps, not ABC, but D right way down the line, uh, you know, the titles that you were mentioning that, and, and why they, they meant something to you. And I, I kept thinking, I, I, I think this is right. You tell me, Max, but it's, it's because they really go, they kind of go back to your value equation, right? They, they represent roles with high results and high impact and roles with large culture and, and big organizational stakes, right? And those are two of your, your biggest prongs in your value equation, right? Um, so obviously they would, they would be the ones that you would be gravitating toward. It makes sense. You're, you're spot on. It's, it's, it's why I love coaching and developing kids. It's to see their progression. I believe if you're a people leader, the number one role and job you have is people, people development, people promotion, people attraction, building cultures that people want to rise up and jump out of bed with a smile and go execute and win as a team. And so that's just me. That, that doesn't mean we don't need all walks of life, right? We need people that are Nobel Prize winners that are absolute domain experts in their field. I, that's never going to be me. And that's okay. And the point of, of the value equation that maps to your career trajectory is understanding who you are, what you want to be as a professional. You know, I, I sit down with a lot of our interns in our early in career or post-grad, and sometimes they, we, we don't know what type of professional we want to be in our early years. And, and my point in, in, in helping folks start their career map and value equation day one is just start. You may have one role on it. You may have one line. And in your next role, you're going to learn things about your professional self, the things that you liked in the role, the things you didn't. And it takes time, right? Time invested means everything. And you'll start to realize that the career planning actually gets easier if you're staying disciplined to a framework that, that works for you. And I've seen that year in and year out now over the past decade. Day one, 10 years ago, I felt like I accomplished something because I got something on paper, but I was like, eh, am I really doing this? I don't know. We'll see. And, I, and then each experience kept taking me back to this thing and it just kept evolving. And... I'll use it for the rest of, of my career. Um, and it's, it's about getting started. Right before this call, I got off with uh, one of our, our early in career uh, employees and he had just started and it's great. He's like, yeah, but I don't have it filled out. It's not about being all filled out. This is not a check the box exercise. It's about getting started for yourself. And so it, it, it's worked well. You know, the time invest means everything. <laughs> I know we're coming up on time, but Part of this also became, well, I'll do my career stuff or I'll do my personal stuff at nights and the weekend because I'm doing for everybody else during the week. That never works. <laughs> we always put ourselves last and we never get to ourselves. And so the other part with this, I break down time and technique ignites maximum effectiveness. And the first thing is we got to be selfish. We got to take care of ourselves to be our best selves for everyone else that requires our services, whether that's as a husband, a parent, a spouse, a partner an employee, a colleague. Uh, we got to put ourselves first, which means we've got to dedicate time during the work day to things that you as an individual want to achieve and career objectives because 
I'm as competitive as they come. I like winning. I like growing. I like challenges. I've dedicated during the day work time every week to this framework. And when you do both of those and you leverage the right techniques, you start to have what I call managing minutes more in your favor. People can already say, well, I don't have time to to get healthy. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to pursue my career. I don't have time to just network with people. The reality is we all have time. It just depends how we're all choosing to spend it and what we're saying yes and what we're saying no to. And I put a lot of discipline and mindfulness in in that. I used to be a, a very large yes person. And that's okay early on. But as things have scaled in the life, getting married, child one came, child two came, work scaled at the same pace, uh, time is the number one currency that I have. We all decided to spend time here together because it's important. I value this. This is my energy level up. Talking to you, Mark, and and hopefully uh, the listeners when you break down time, invest means everything with that technique ignites maximum effectiveness. And you really assess how you're doing in those Monday through Sunday, that's supporting your value equation that drives your career planning. Uh, you get far more W's than L's in your proverbial life and career seasons. And I have seen that. Doesn't mean I haven't had L's. It's not about Everything is a perfect season like my UConn Women's Huskies basketball team. That's very hard to do. Life and and career isn't like that. I haven't found someone that is 100% track record yet. I don't think it will ever exist. Um, But you get great satisfactory on having more control than not with a framework like this. It's it's so – I don't want to say it's so common sense, but I think it's so universally known – deep down when you think about something like this, of course, it's going to have a greater impact. Of course, you're going to be able to generate uh, more effectiveness in your life, in your career, when you're able to, to break it down and really think about what's your drivers, what's your value equation? How can I look at where I want to be and the, the path that I want to take and how does that align with my value equation? Then what pieces do I need to, to, to create to get there, right? How, what skills do I need? What progression do I need? What jobs do I need to take to be able to progress that piece of, of my life? Um, it's awesome, Max. It really is. And, and uh, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to summarize it all, but I'm, I'm going to do a, a way worse job of that for the viewers rather than, than you giving me your your last takeaway. Obviously, I want to give them this framework if, if possible. So, you know, viewers who are listening, please, you know, reach out to Max, reach out to myself. Um, Max has this awesome framework. I, I really wish this, we should, we should have done this visually, Max. Uh, it would have <laughs> really given them this great visual to look at. But uh, the, do the framework. I, I'm, I'm going to fill it out. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense to me. But but can you summarize it real quick for, you know, one, what did we talk about? Uh, but also, two, what's the big takeaway, right? Like, how, how can they get started? And I know it's kind of uh, a layup there, you know, fill it, start with your value equation. But but like, help them, help them take the first steps. Yeah, I, th- I think it's spot on. The, the call to action is start right now. Write down your values. 
write down a plan, what you've done so far, what you'd like to achieve, and who are the people today that really influence and can support and help, right? So if you think about the value equation, you get a plan on paper, you got a network of people today, you may need more tomorrow, and you get to work weekly on dedicating time to that pursuit and you hold yourself accountable because again, your career and your life is 51% in your hands, meaning you're the primary owner. Week in and week out, you measure, you're gonna have some setbacks. Setbacks are great learnings to project you even faster against your objectives. So live and breathe and accept the so-called proverbial losses and you will absolutely feel in control. So the call to action is get that on paper now, today, be selfish. Time invested means everything. Invest time in yourself and in your career and you will achieve greatness. However, that is defined by you. I love it. That is excellent, Max. Thank you very much. You heard it there from Max Ziki himself. Thank you again for being on the podcast, Max. Really, really enjoyed it. All right. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.